your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 699 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, and the Rangers just wrapping up a chaotic one to nothing overtime win at home against the Philadelphia Flyers in Madison Square Garden. Uh, the kind of game where, you know, if the Rangers lost... Quite frankly, I think we'd all be pretty much sick to our stomachs right now because this is a game where you know, the final score was not indicative of how it went. The Rangers basically dominated this game from the start to the end and honestly probably could have won this game by a score of about 5 to nothing, maybe even 6 to nothing. I thought Carter Hart was absolutely fantastic for the Flyers in this game and was basically the only reason why this game even ended up going into overtime. Uh, Igor Shesterkin was fantastic as well. He gets uh, his first shutout of the uh, of the season and very well earned here. He came up clutch at the end of the third period specifically. We'll talk about that in a little bit. We're also going to break down the overtime period as a whole. I'm going to have a mini call-out of Jacob Truba because I, I thought he struggled with uh, some giveaways in this game, and he's going to be fine in the long haul. I'm not going to turn against Jacob Truba or anything like that, but a couple of hiccups for him in this game, and I just don't think he's been in his absolute best to start the season. And granted, uh, that's a pretty high bar, you know, that Truba's set, set for himself over the, over the seasons here, and uh, you know, it's hard to be sharp as attack every single game, but I think Truba uh, has more to give than what we've seen uh, thus far uh, for this season with the New York Rangers. Uh, I also got to give props to both goalies. I mean, I kind of already did that, but we'll get into some specifics as well. And I'm going to talk about uh, the Rangers, you know, finding a way to have zero puck luck, but still win the game. I thought it was impressive how the Rangers just kind of stuck with it all night, didn't get frustrated, or at least didn't get frustrated to the point where, you know, it really cost them in this game. But uh, I think, again, for starters, we have to uh, talk about the overtime period, and I will do that in just a second. One more quick side note here, though. This game, and I, I don't know if maybe this is the same for you guys as well, but this game reminded me so much of the Rangers' early season game last year against the Toronto Maple Leafs. If you guys remember, there's a game early uh, against the Leafs last season on the road for the Rangers. It's one-to-one. Uh, the Leafs were basically just skating circles around the Rangers. The Rangers had no answer whatsoever. And the only thing that kept them in the game and even allowed them to get into overtime was Igor Shesterkin. And then, of course, the Rangers won in overtime. They win an offensive zone draw, and Artemi Panarin pots the puck gives them a two-to-one win, a uh, very unlikely two-to-one win. And I was just kind of nervous that, you know, the Rangers were going to be on the wrong side of that kind of a game in this one because they had so many scoring chances. Like I said, they hit the post four times. We're going to talk about that as well. And just kind of let the Flyers hang around, and, and their goalie kept them in it. There were a lot of parallels, even just looking at where the two teams uh, were. You know, the Rangers were kind of the upstart team last season. The Flyers off to, you know, a better start this year than they had last year. So a lot of parallels between those two games. But unlike last year, uh, the team that played better in this game ultimately did get the victory. 
And with that, I want to kind of hone in on the overtime period. Interesting also that the Rangers were 0-2 uh, when a game has gotten to overtime this season. They lost one game in overtime to the Sharks, also fell to the uh, the Avalanche in a shootout. So they were due for an overtime win. Didn't come easy. Like I said, it took more than four minutes for them to get the game winner here. But as far as just some highlights from the overtime period, uh, I thought that uh, Kreider did a really nice job on the back check, you know, fairly early in the overtime period. Uh, Igor Shosturkin made a great save on Kevin Hayes, uh, kind of sprawling to his right to keep the puck out. But Kreider really hustled back on this play and uh, disrupted the play just a little bit and, and probably just enough to, to throw Hayes off, you know, at least a tiny bit. And uh, Igor took care of the rest, made the save. Uh, I thought also, I, I thought maybe Panarin was going to get the game winner in overtime. There was a situation where uh, Keandre Miller had a takeaway in the Rangers zone, and uh, he eventually carries it up the ice, gains the blue line, leaves it for Panarin. You know, Panarin with this much real estate and open ice, you know he's dangerous. He takes a shot. Carter Hart makes yet another save, deflects it into the netting. And then uh, kind of a crazy sequence here as far as how the Rangers won this game. So uh, you've got a shot by the Flyers. You know, they come in hard on the rush. It goes wide and goes around the boards to the other side. Mika chips it ahead for Chris Kreider. Kreider's got nothing but open ice in front of him and, you know, goes in alone and he makes a great move. You know, fakes going to the forehand, goes to the backhand instead and tucks it just inside the post with 52 seconds remaining. The 35th career game-winning goal for Chris Kreider. Uh, he was also the first star of the game. Igor was number two. Carter Hart was number three. And it's funny because Gallant said after the game that he actually had to turn away uh, when Kreider went in on the breakaway. I'm, I'm sure he was probably having flashbacks to all the other times that the Rangers hit the post in this game. But yeah, crazy play because the Flyers, when they came in on the rush, I mean, first of all, you're holding your breath. You don't want them to score here. But they came in with so much speed and all three guys, you know, up the center of the ice. Once they shot wide their momentum kind of took them out of the play. Like, no, nobody could get back on defense. I think Kreider recognized that, and Mika saw that too. And Mika and Kreider were gassed. They were out there for a long time, but Mika knew at that point all he had to do was just chip the puck ahead to Kreider, and then Kreider's got the breakaway, and he converts after he was unable to convert on a uh, shorthanded breakaway attempt a little bit earlier in this game. But, you know, we are just uh, scratching the surface here, just getting rolling here on Locked on New York Rangers. I want to talk about some other things. when I want to continue to talk about Igor Shesterkin and talk about this hitting the post epidemic that the Rangers had in this game. Whole bunch of other stuff as well. And we're going to do that in just a second. But first, I just got to let everybody know today's episode of Lockdown New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. Can we pause the pod for just a second? Okay, we're paused. Great, because you got to try this. I'm talking about Built Bar's new reimagined flavors Cookie Dough Topper, Coconut Brownie Bar, Coconut Brownie Topper. White chocolate peppermint granola, it's Bilt's take on the granola bar, so it's more filling and still insanely tasty. And candy cane brownie, puff. Bilt puffs are like biting into the universe's most delicious cla uh, cloud. Excuse me. They're revolutionizing nutrition as we know it with 100% real chocolate, 17 grams of protein, and shockingly low sugar and calories, only 130. Just sink your teeth into that first bite and it'll change your life forever. I'm not kidding. There will be a time before you try these new built flavors and the magical, wonderful time afterwards. You're probably wondering which new flavor is my favorite. An answerable question to say the least, but my personal favorite, anything having to do with brownies is always awesome, so I got to go with Coconut Brownie Bar. Built, you got to try this. Get 15% off your order right now by using the code LOCKED15 at built.com. 
All right, we just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And I just want to keep things rolling here. I figure, uh, first of all, I just want to talk about the decision to start Igor Shesterkin in this game because, you know, the use of Igor versus Halak to start the season has been a matter of some conjecture among Ranger fans and uh, certainly on this podcast as well. I love the fact that they went back to Igor here, despite the fact that he played both games of the back-to-back. So Igor starts three games in the course of just four days, but... It was the way to go. You know, the Flyers have been hot to start the season. They were in first place. They've since fallen out of first place. Um, but, you know, a better start than I think a lot of people were expecting. You know they're going to go with Carter Hart. You know this is going to be, you know, a hard-nosed kind of game. It's a division rivalry game. And, uh, you know, the thing to do if you're the Rangers is put your best foot forward and go with Igor Shesterkin against your division opponent. And Igor came through big. Once again, a 19-save shutout. Uh, Carter Hart was great, too. Stopped. Uh, the first 35 shots that he faced before Kreider got him on number 36. Uh, and how the Rangers didn't score on this power play in this game, I will never know. Uh, the puck movement was just fantastic. There were power plays in this game where the Rangers would keep the puck in the flyer zone for 50 seconds, a minute, a minute 20. Uh, there was one power play where they were in the flyer zone for almost the entire time. Anytime the Flyers got a chance to clear the puck, it felt like the Rangers would win the puck battle. So that's a, a credit to them as well. I mean, the Rangers score so many beautiful power play goals, but to also, you know, put in some of the, the grunt work on the power play as well, winning a couple of 50-50 pucks, winning some board battles, keeping the whole thing alive, you know, holding the zone, whatever it might be. Uh, the Rangers, absolutely fantastic on the power play in this game. They uh, they did everything but, but score. And again, you've got to tip your cat, cap to uh, Carter Hart uh, when it comes to that. Uh, but yeah, I have nothing to worry about as far as the Ranger power play is concerned moving forward. And uh, I do want to talk about, like I called it just a second ago, the hitting the post epidemic that the Rangers had in this game. You had Vincent Trocek, Mika Zibanejad, Chris Kreider, and Alexi Lafreniere all draw iron in this game. And I was thinking about this, you know, after the fourth post, this thought kind of popped into my head. And there's probably not an official stat on this. And, you know, I would put the question to you guys. I'd be curious to know uh, if you would have an answer to this question. But has have the Raiders ever, like, in their history, ever hit four posts in one game without scoring a goal? I mean, there's probably been a time, I'm sure, where they've hit four posts. But to hit the post four times and have zero goals after hitting the post four times, pretty amazing. Almost impossible to do. You couldn't do that if you tried to do it. And unfortunately, uh, you know, the Rangers just couldn't get the puck past Carter Hart in general in this game. And when they did, uh, the iron was there to, to kind of bail him out. But to kind of just go through uh, all these posts real quick, I mean, the first period, you've got Lafreniere passing a Trocek in deep. Uh, just a brilliant pass. Trocek redirects it right off the post. Uh, the second period, you've got Kako controlling the puck, makes a really nice centering pass back to Mika Zibanejad. Uh, Mika's moving in with a full head of steam, rings another shot off the post. Uh, then you've got Kreider, also in the second period, and we briefly discussed this a couple minutes ago, but he's going in on the breakaway while the Rangers were shorthanded. Uh, the Flyers were doing everything they could to hold the zone, and instead, you know, the Rangers are able to get control of the puck, and Kreider had started up the ice, you know, realizing what was about to happen. He receives the pass, goes in, fakes hard out, and puts it off the post again. And then in the third period, you've got Alexi Lafreniere. There's a shot from the blue line. Uh, the rebound is there. Lafreniere puts a backhand off the far post from in deep, 
And at that point, you just can't even believe what you're seeing. Four posts and absolutely nothing to show for it. So again, for for a lot of reasons, but maybe that more so than any, the fact that the Rangers hit the post four times and still couldn't score a goal. The fact that the Rangers uh, got this win, their third in a row, uh, definitely a sigh of relief once this one was over. So uh, we're going to continue talking about a couple of other things as well. I want to... Uh, Talk about Jacob Truba, as I mentioned. I want to give some props to Ryan Lingren. Thought he had a really nice bounce-back game for himself here. And um, also talk about uh, a key sequence by Igor Shosturkin late in the third period, which uh, you know saved the Rangers' bacon and kept this from being what would have been a pretty, pretty rough loss for sure. So, yeah, like I said, we're going to do all that in just a second. Okay, so Jacob Truba. I don't think that he's really been his best to start the season. And I don't know if it's, you know, a side effect of being named the captain. I would think it's probably not. I mean, this Ranger locker room, we've talked about this in the past, but it's a very close-knit bunch. You know, these guys have each other's backs. And I don't think the fact that one player or another has a C on his jersey or sweater, if you prefer, has a C, I don't think that's really going to bother them too much. And I don't think it would really affect Jacob Truba that much. It's possible that maybe, you know, being the captain, he feels uh, a little bit more pressure to kind of lead the way and, uh, you know, just play excellent hockey night in and night out. But he doesn't seem like that guy either that would get bothered uh, as far as pressure is concerned. You know, he's really kind of embraced, uh, you know, being a New York Ranger after, you know, his first season a little bit up and down. I think these last couple of years, though, by all accounts, he's become a leader in the locker room and obviously plays with a serious edge and, you know, just some old school gritty hockey. But you know, not at his best thus far this season. And it still is pretty early, about an eighth of the way through the season at this point. But, you know, the first shift of the game, he's out there with Miller, and uh, the Rangers went with the Panarin line to start the game. But Truba turned the puck over in his own zone less than 10 seconds into the game. And then later in the same shift, this is about 30 seconds later, uh, another turnover by Truba in the neutral zone. Now, the Flyers were almost immediately whistled for offside after the second turnover. But, man, it's just not like Truba to do this, to turn the puck over, uh, you know, this often, especially early in the game. And there was another really key turnover that he had that could have really, really hurt the Rangers. That happened late in the third period. And I'm going to talk about that in greater detail in just a little bit here because we're going to break down what Igor Shosturkin did in the third period, basically uh, saving the game for the New York Rangers. But I'm going to talk about the Truba miscue once we get to that. And also of note that I thought was kind of interesting— uh, Glenn only did this briefly in this game, as far as I could tell, but for a little while there, you had Zach Jones playing with Jacob Truba and you had Braden Schneider, uh, playing with Keandre Miller. So that's something to keep an eye on going forward. It seems like, uh, Gallant is kind of, uh, you know, taking those defense pairings for a little bit of a test ride, if you will. It pops up every so often. It's kind of like earlier in the season before Philip Hedel got hurt when we would see like a kid line reunion every so often. Uh, it was usually kind of later in the game when the Rangers had a lead, um, but definitely something to keep an eye on going forward. Um, but speaking of Ranger defensemen, you know, I just talked about Truba. I also want to, like I said, give a shout out to Ryan Linger and thought he really bounced back nicely in this game. Uh, just played some hard nose physical hockey as he's known to do. Felt like he was kind of in the middle of everything. And he had a little bit of a rough road trip when it came to a couple of turnovers that led to goals for the opposition. Now, the one against the Stars was, of course, overturned because the Stars were offside. Uh, the one against the Coyotes, though, gave the Coyotes the lead. And uh, fortunately for Lindgren and the Rangers, they were able to rally and win that game 3-2. to But Lindgren looking like his old self in this game. And it's not surprising. I mean, Lindgren, he had a couple of miscues 
during the road trip. He's established himself as a really solid defenseman in this league, and uh, you had to figure it was just a matter of time before he kind of rounded back into form. And I would say the same thing for Jacob Truba, uh, despite uh, a little bit of a tough game here for him tonight. Um, when I get to Igor Shesterkin, but one last thing that I got to point out real quick here is, you know, a side effect of the Rangers winning via the shutout is that it means three former New York Rangers were all inherently, since it was a shutout, held off the score sheet. A nearly impossible uh, feat to accomplish if you're the New York Rangers holding three former players off the score sheet. But yeah, Kevin Hayes, Tony D'Angelo, Justin Braun, all three of them held off. Uh, Hayes came close a couple of times, and like I said, we're going to get to that in just a second. Uh, as for you know the former Rangers and how they did, uh, Tony D'Angelo was booed mercilessly every single time he touched the puck. It's not really all that surprising, um, and I really doubt the Rangers gave him a tribute video or anything like that. I mean, first of all, if they were going to do that, they would have done it last year when he was on the Canes, but obviously, you know, the way things ended, that's, that's just not going to happen, and uh, D'Angelo, again, looks dangerous when he's got the puck. He was out there quarterbacking the, the Flyers' power play, but the Ranger penalty kill was on point in this game. I, I thought the Rangers absolutely dominated special teams. Both teams got three opportunities on the man advantage. They both went 0 for 3. The Rangers looked dangerous on every single power play that they had. The Flyers did not. And not only that, but when the Flyers were on the power play, it was the Rangers getting the best scoring chances. So complete special teams domination despite uh, the identical 0 for 3 as far as both teams on the power play. But getting back to these former Rangers, uh, Justin Braun, you know, playing on the third pairing as he did as a member of the Rangers last season. Uh, Sam and Joe were talking about Braun and kind of putting him over as somebody that uh, really helped Braden Schneider when he came over to the Rangers last year. Obviously, you know, Braun, I believe he's 35 years old. Braden Schneider last year was just 20. Braun was one of the few guys that had extensive Stanley Cup playoff experience. And uh, by all accounts, sounds like he did a really nice job for the Rangers when he was here. And I mean, just watching him, he did, you know, a pretty solid job. The fact that he could keep Patrick Nemeth off the ice yeah, Justin Braun, uh, that move was a win uh, in my book for sure. And hey, you know what? If the Rangers go on to have a really nice season and if the Flyers fall out of it, trade for him again. Who says no? I mean, I know that there's certain Ranger fans that you know think the team's going to get Patrick Kane, and that's a whole other topic for a whole episode. Like, that could be its own episode, the idea of potentially trading for Patrick Kane at some point. But if you're going for, like, complimentary pieces, you know— uh, Justin Braun or somebody in his mold uh, could make sense for the Rangers down the stretch. Uh, we will see what happens there. Um, but yeah, who else? Uh, Kevin Hayes. So yeah, we might as well go ahead and turn our attention to Igor Shesterkin. Kevin Hayes was fantastic in this game. He's off to a really nice start, um, you know, this season for the Flyers. I believe when they showed his stats, he had like one goal and nine assists or something along those lines. And uh, one of the veterans on that team. And he's somebody that's been through a lot, and he's somebody that I continue to root for, uh, just not so much when he's playing the New York Rangers. But he had a couple chances to win this game. We already covered the opportunity that he had in the overtime period. But this sequence by Igor Shesterkin against Kevin Hayes late in the third period, absolutely clutch. So uh, there's a situation where Hayes is able to get to a loose puck, and he leads the rush into the Rangers' zone. Uh, Zach Jones went down to block the pass because it was kind of a two-on-one. I thought Jones played this pretty well. You know, he's down on his stomach, and he you know, swiped his stick at the puck, and it looked for sure like he was going to knock it away. I think it was just a better play by Kevin Hayes. I mean, you could argue that Jones kind of took himself out of the play here because he went down to his stomach and basically just went sliding out of the frame. Um, but I, I thought he had the right idea here. He's looking to take away the pass and then kind of take a swipe at the puck and knock it away from Hayes. Uh, Hayes didn't let him do it, though, and Hayes gets a 
Scoring chance from right on the doorstep, and Igor Shesterkin, full extension upward, just staying the puck from point-blank range. I just, not even just Igor, just NHL goalies in general. I don't know how they do this, and obviously Igor's the best. I mean, his Vesna uh, trophy from last season says so, but I mean, just a sensational save. I just don't know how anybody reacts this quickly to do anything, much less stop a puck that's, you know, coming at you God knows uh, how many miles per hour. So a fantastic save by Igor Shesterkin there, uh, but then... We come to the play by Jacob Truer that I alluded to a little bit earlier in the episode. So he's got the puck around behind the net. He's coming out the other side and turns the puck over. He gets his pocket picked and a couple of good passes by the Flyers. You know, they're in deep. And at this point, the Rangers are scrambling. They're all discombobulated. Everybody had kind of headed up the ice to this to this point in the play. Um, and then again, Truba has his stick lifted, has the puck taken away. A couple good passes. And now... Kevin Hayes has it on the right side. Igor's moving to his left. And, you know, again, I, I just marvel at NHL goalies, especially Igor Shesterkin. And this is something here where, you know, it can't really be taught. It was just very instinctive. You know, Igor was just sprawling. It's a tough save to describe, but he was sprawling to try to make the save. Uh, Hayes went around him and looked like he was going to tuck the puck in. And Igor reaches for it, somehow gets his glove on it, keeps it out. This is all happening with a minute and 10 seconds remaining in the game, which, of course, was still scoreless up to this point. So, I mean, Hayes scores here. The Flyers probably go on to win the game. I mean, never say never. The Rangers would have had a shot at the equalizer. But a big-time clutch stop by Igor Shesterkin here. And in some ways, you know, yeah, he only stopped 19 uh, shots in this game. But in some ways, I think that's even more impressive because he wasn't under fire the way that Carter Hart was. And sometimes with Igor... I think he does better when he, you know, gets some early action and uh, faces some shots. I mean, it's a, it's a delicate balance because you don't want to give up, you know, 45 or 50 shots in a game. But Igor, when he's under fire, just seems sharp as a tack. So, uh, yeah, it, it, again, kind of a catch-22 there. But nice couple of saves by Igor Shesterkin coming up clutch late in the third period and twice robbing Kevin Hayes before also stopping him uh, in the overtime period. One other thing that I wanted to talk about here before we uh, call it a night the scrum at the end of the second period. So second period ends, and Lindgren and Farabee kind of get everything started. You know, they come together, and they're pushing and shoving. And then it seems like it's going to die out, and everybody's going to go to the locker room. And then it really kind of picked up again. You had Hayes and Gautier uh, really going at it. Then you had Gautier and Sanheim. You know, they were battling back and forth. And, you know, Sanheim had gone after Fox, and Gautier stepped in there. So great job by Julian Gautier doing that. But then, you know, they come back after the second intermission— and two players on each team have been given penalties. For the Rangers, it was Lindgren and Gautier. For the Flyers, it was Hayes and Sanheim. But for some reason, and to be fair, I haven't gone back and, and watched the replay yet. You know, I just saw the initial thing and, and the initial replays that they showed. But why did Ryan Lindgren get a double minor here? Lindgren got a double minor, and that gave the Flyers a two-minute power play to start the third period. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, did, did Lindgren, was he that much more out of control than everybody else during this scrum where he should be getting four minutes and everybody else gets two? And it could be one of those situations where, you know, the refs sometimes, it, to keep from losing control, what they'll do is instead of giving matching minors and more matching minors and more matching minors, they'll penalize one team more than the other because if you just keep giving out matching minors, it doesn't hurt anybody, right? So maybe that's what happened here. And I hate that line of thinking, by the way. I mean, to me, you can't just arbitrarily, randomly flip a coin in your head and just say, well, I'm going to make the Rangers shorthanded here, or I'm going to make the Flyers shorthanded here. I mean, I get why they do it, but I'm not a fan of it 
regardless. Um, but yeah, for some reason, and again, I might have to go back and look and, and see this one more time. Maybe Lindgren did do something to really cross the line. But to me, this was just a giant scrum, five players on both teams, you know, doing some pushing and shoving. And for some reason, the Rangers uh, end up shorthanded. But once again, Ranger PK was on point in this game, and they just weren't going to let the Flyers uh, score a power play goal. It just wasn't going to happen. Uh, but yeah, I figured we could pretty much call it there for tonight. Uh, as I mentioned in the intro, this was episode number 699 of Locked On New York Rangers, which is pretty crazy to think about. To be completely honest with you guys, you know, number 700 really kind of snuck up on me pretty quick here. I don't really have anything that big planned, uh, so I figure, you know, I'll just kind of do the show the way that we always do it. You know, people seem to like the format, and people, you know, are nice enough to keep coming back and keep listening to this podcast, and, you know, I'll, I'll mention this more in tomorrow's episode, but... I uh, can't thank you guys enough for always tuning in to Locked On New York Rangers. Uh, you know, we do five episodes a week here, and, you know, I hear from certain people that they never miss an episode. So uh, that's the coolest thing ever. It's nice that we've got this uh, little Ranger family, this little Ranger community that we've built here. You know, we do the Fantasy League. That's always fun. It's always cool uh, getting some Twitter messages or some tweets or some emails from you guys. And once again, I just can't thank you guys enough for, you know, always uh, – showing up and listening to the Locked on New York Rangers podcast. There's a million podcasts out there. There's some good Ranger podcasts out there too. Uh, but the fact that you guys always come and uh, make Locked on New York Rangers your first listen every day, that really does mean the world to me. So thank you so much. Um, but yeah, I think I figured we could pretty much call it there. Uh, once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to Locked on New York Rangers YouTube channel. There are a lot of things that are YouTube exclusive. Uh, I actually, uh, I'm probably going to be posting a interview that I did. I was a guest on Broadway Block, which is another New York Ranger podcast. And I uh, had a blast talking, uh, talking hockey with those guys. Might be adding that to the YouTube channel as well. And most of the episodes are up on YouTube before they're up in audio versions. So definitely subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. And uh, yeah, thanks again, guys. I will see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts.